Today's Happy Healthy You podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash happy healthy you. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. We've been taking things a little too seriously on Happy Healthy You, so this week we're going to lighten things up. Hi everybody, I'm Connie Bowman. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. And today we're exploring the humorous side of spirituality with Fran Shaw, PhD. She's the author of Lord Have Murphy. Fran Shaw is a spiritual cohort. She's a professor. She teaches writing at the University of Connecticut, and she's an award-winning author whose works include Notes on the Next Attention, Writing My Yoga, ooh, I can't wait to read that, and 50 Ways to Help You Write. Her new book, which we're talking about today, is Lord Have Murphy, Waking Up in the Spiritual Marketplace, which she explores with great fun and talks about how contact with the finer attention awakens us to a completely different level of being. So Fran, oh my goodness. Hi, Fran. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Connie. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Lord have Murphy. It sounds so humorous. Tell us about Murphy and and uh, where, I, I'm assuming it's a he, and how he jumped from your mind to the page. <laughs> yes, it is a he, uh, and it's, it's, it's sort of a very strange and interesting um how it came onto the page although you're an author so you may you may have some insight into this as well i was on sabbatical from the university i was trying to write a book i thought well you know i really would like to finally write a book or write a book about higher consciousness because i thought it might in a certain way uh compel me to be a little more conscious while writing it so that no matter what happened with the book it would be worth my time you know sure. in front of the computer so uh, and I had with me these drawings of Bruce M. Sherman. Uh, they're original. No one has seen them yet. They're very funny. They really are witty drawings about this seekers and higher consciousness. Very, very beautiful, too, because there's some kind of a transmission in them. Anyway, one of them was of a kneeling man, and it had, uh, you know, sort of beseeching the heavens, a little bird on his head. And, and on the margins, Bruce had sort of ribbled, Lord have Murphy. And I thought, wow, that is the key, because what I've been trying to write sounded so teachy and preachy, and I just, I don't, you know, I just wasn't the right, sounding the right note, but that made me smile. I thought, yes, that's the key, because if we can't laugh about, uh, you know, where we, where we fall down and, you know, our little shortcomings when we're in a contracted state of consciousness, then we're never going to be free of it, and we don't want to make spinach out of this <laughs> process of waking up. So anyway, I wrote the words, Lord, I, I saw Lord have Murphy, and I just wrote down the word Murphy here, and then all of a sudden it was like the floodgates opened, and this voice came onto the page, very funny, sort of talking about the difficulties about writing about higher consciousness, you know, sounding he said, like, holier than Tao, and, you know, <laughs> That's funny. You, know, you know, writing about the mystery and putting your hands all over it and, you know, believing in the one who thinks he knows. And I thought, this is great. You know, I'm laughing at the computer and my husband in the other room thinks I'm crazy, you know, because all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this, this chore became this pleasure because Murphy had me thoroughly entertained. And so for exactly four months, that's all I had. Morning, noon, and night, I was writing the book. I would sit down at the computer, and whatever the topic was of the day, 
uh, Murphy would just sort of start talking about it, and he just seems very more, I don't know, he's braver than I am, he, 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 he has no agenda except to try to uh, be awake himself, and then whatever comes, whatever he notices in himself or even in the spiritual marketplace, he always has this attitude, but I can work with that. Which I love that attitude, and I wish I want that attitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so fascinated by this because uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going uh, to a workshop with Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way. Have you read her book? Yes. Here we go. Right brain, left brain. Totally, totally. So I'm really interested in this because I think we'll be exploring how... um, as creative people, we tap into this other type of dimension. And I guess with Murphy, that's what you tapped into. Had you ever done that with any of your previous writings? Not at all. It, it never happened uh, at all like that. It was always, you know, mostly I write a lot of books that some of my books were from my journals from when I'd be on retreat, on spiritual retreats with a, a, a great teacher in Switzerland, uh, things like that, you know, journal entries, poetry. I've always been writing poetry, been writing my whole life, and books on writing, because I teach writing, so I write books on writing that I can use in my classroom and things like that. But here it was like, uh, you know, a a frustration of trying to write about something that really means so much to me. It's really a life and death in the moment issue to me to try to, you know, waking up and to try to convey some of the things that have, have appeared in me in this journey and that are wonderful for for myself instead of being quiet about it. But then Murphy appeared and just sort of let it all come out in a way with humor. So there's so, so, so many surprises on the page and it really still it cheers me up to read it. Yeah, because <laughs> when we think about like waking up or, or um, the search for enlightenment and spirituality, we kind it kind of does seem like a serious, heavy subject. So how refreshing that Murphy came through and has, has a good sense of humor about it. So let's talk about Murphy and what his message is in Lord Have Murphy. What is his key message? I think his key message, what Murphy's talking about, uh, and he says it in a lot of different ways, is uh, he, he talks about, uh, he first talks about how we uh, sort of get caught uh, caught in Murphy, and then we sort of pray to Lord, you know, help me get out of Murphy. Murphy's full of like all of these despair and confusion and and contracted moments. I think as he puts it, um, is that uh, the sun blazing gold across the horizon? I hadn't noticed because my world has shrunk to the size of a kumquat. <laughs> So, you know, we have all these moments that we're suffering and sort of unconsciousness. And so he doesn't, uh, he, he, he says that the way out of that, of course, is higher, higher states, moving to another state of consciousness, a higher state, a more expanded state. But then he has this chapter where then he's in, you know, he's Murphy, he's, he's blissed out, you know, Reverend Murphy, you know, don't disturb me, I'm blissed out. You know, this is where it's like, oh, talking about this excitement of being in, and he calls it Glowaii, going to Glowaii, where you're in this higher state, you know, and like, you know, everything drops away. And, and then he talks about, um, well, why can't it be both at the same time? Why can't I be in my everyday Murphy and also be aware of this amazing, ugh, there's no words for it, light or glow or higher vibrational energy, life force energy that we taste, uh, even though we may not recognize that's what it is, when we're in these higher states where everything drops away and we feel enormously alive and present and in the moment and, you know, so he advocates living in both streams at the same time. He feels that's what normal man is. That's what a human 
being is. That's our birthright. So the book talks about ways we can uh, sort of live in both streams at the same moment. He calls it getting on the bus running. You know, <laughs> like even while, you know, I'll say for me, even while Fran is speaking now, that uh, because I have many, many decades of uh, mindfulness practice, there's an awareness in me of uh, other qualities flow an energy flowing through my body mm. energy is a, a coarse word for it the light in the room the sound of my voice there's a more than just Fran talking automatically although I'm trying to talk as naturally as possible so I don't sound like some maniac uh, <laughs> so that's you know getting on the bus running living in both streams at the same time because that is how we free ourselves that is really we're a source of happiness in fact it's that source of creativity you were speaking of earlier in the program sure, sure. so it's sort of living in the world but not of the world would you say it's, i think it's living at both levels at the same both or more than one it's multi-dimensional living it's living in an in as you put it earlier this other dimension that breaks through when we have our peak moments we're coming out of yoga we're walking by the ocean even now sitting here listening we, my body can be inhabited with attention i can sense my whole body i can be aware of the, the sound of my voice and the silence in the room. I can be aware of the light and what I'm seeing. In other words, my awareness can be expanded even while, you know, the speaking is, is happening. So it's living in both streams at the same moment so that no one part of me can dominate, sure. can contract my world. I don't get hooked. That The word Shemba, I think, is the Buddhist term. But you don't get hooked into one little part that then runs the whole show, one little thought, one little feeling, one little reaction. This is another dimension that we can be aware of at the same time as we are thinking and feeling and reacting. And, and it doesn't require any change doesn't require fixing me it doesn't matter about you know the Fran's personality traits or what she thinks about herself or anything like that it's not about fixing me it's about shifting into uh, this other energy and being uh, tasting it actively at the same moment as all the rest is going on that's what Murphy's talking about in the book and it's it's very um, different from you know this idea that's popular today about change your thinking and you'll change your life. Right, you know? right. It's sort of just embracing all that is, really. And, and you know, you've taken something in this book and you've taken something so ineffable and, and made it, I think with the humorous aspect, made it something that we can actually get or I can get a little bit more because it's such a hard concept to grasp. And that's so uh, insightful, Connie, because it's because it, the mind will never get it. Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. <laughs> you know, the, the mind won't get it. You know, the, the thinking won't get it. It's this. Um, it's a really, I, I, not to sound too too weird, but it's a, it's really a, it really is a vibrational shift. It's like a, a frequency shift sure. that one can do even while one is just you know washing the dishes and, and, you know, saying hello to a friend or, or brushing your teeth or being in the shower or talking on the phone or, you know, it's, it's, it's a possible to be truly in both streams. Um, and, and so I think the book appeals to both of those aspects of our nature, this, this higher and the everyday. And so that's why people are responding that sort of get it, um, 
not everybody is very happy about it, but a lot, some people who are happy about it are really happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get to a little bit later, I want to talk to talk about some practices that maybe we can use to get there to live in both of these streams as you talk about. But first, I want to talk about you a little bit because I obviously you have achieved this goal. You're a college instructor, so you're living in the 3D world. And yet you're, you're, you were inspired to create this book, this humorous book about conscious awareness. Talk about what inspired you to uh, write this book. Anger. <laughs> oh, really. always a good place to start, right? Really. It's, and you know how, how, what the great energy is there when you get angry. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that, you can use that energy for a couple of paragraphs. No, I, um, my husband and I were, were, were looking at just some of the things that were coming out as books and some of the websites, and a particular book came out that I happened to notice while I was on sabbatical that, oh, it was, uh, you know, it was someone who took the words of a, of an awakened one, of, you know, an enlightened one, a, a very high transmission, and sort of put it in the language of a lawyer to try to make it accessible to the rest of us. Mm. And I thought, this is criminal activity. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. and so I thought, if someone doesn't say something, if someone doesn't write something, you know, we're gonna see, we're gonna see this where people are gonna give their interpretations um, that bring it down to um, a level that's, you know, not the level that, it, that you would receive if you just, you know, had the actual, read the actual words, the actual transmission. We don't need the middleman to interpret these things for us because we have access. Everything we need and is here in us at every moment in ourselves. This finer attention in us, this life force in us is a teacher. It can teach us. It can help us discriminate with what is really vibrating with a higher level and what isn't. So, you know, so when I had the words Murphy here, then Murphy started talking about in sort of a veiled way, um, you know, putting, taking the mystery and putting your hands all over it or believing in the one being so identified that I know best. You know, I know best for everybody. Let me tell you how it is. So, uh, you know, God save us all uh, from, from being that way with other people. We don't know what other people's path is. We can only say as honestly as possible what has, what has helped us awaken, what has helped us move out of and you obviously know this very well, moved out of from ch- certain challenges in, in our lives into a state where we can, you know, live again and enjoy and in, mm-hmm. in, in a higher level. So I think that's what what's behind that. Okay, okay. And what is your background? Are you, were you raised with any particular religious faith? Or what is your spiritual background? I uh, wasn't really raised, I mean, uh, I wasn't really raised in a particular a faith, although I do remember, you know, Sunday school and saying I, I don't really want to go there again, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you know, uh, writing plays and being in plays about um, different, you know, spiritual stories. You know, I was, I, you know, I came out of the womb writing. I had wrote my first play when I was six years old and produced it, and was typing my plays when I was, you know, in fourth grade and producing them and things like that. So a very, very strange little girl there. Uh, well, but, a very connected uh, little girl, right? Well, I don't know. It's like, you know, she just came out of the womb writing. What, what can you do? And then I didn't write a lot for a long period of time because I really felt I had nothing to say. <laughs> so why write? You know, I'm writing a lot of 
you know, poetry mostly for myself, not anything that became, you know, enormously popular or anything like that. Uh, and then I sort of thought, well, you know, you're this old now and you're reading things that uh, about spirituality and, and that religion that just, wow, you could say something that's so much more freeing than that, because I think it's about freeing. I really think it's about not being enslaved by any of the, any of it. Uh, finding a consciousness that embraces all of it, includes mm. all of it, not limited by any of it. That's my interest. Uh, that's my sort of spiritual interest. So that's what I'm, Murphy is speaking about and I'm speaking about. Yeah, and when you think about freedom, I think humor is such a pathway to freedom. And this the the fact that Murphy is bringing this humor humor to spirituality is, is sort of so, just so refreshing to me. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah, because he'll he'll say things like you know he talks he makes up his own words you know, he'll talk about knee-jerk reactions and manipulationships and he talks about he identifies different kinds of uh you know ways people get caught like this is he gives them like a medical diagnosis it's fun he, he, instead of being scolding it's fun it's like okay that's she's got a case of identificationalis judgmental <laughs> lost focusitis you know that's fun so because I'm also I'm gets judgmental and lose my focus too. But when you give me when you tell me a little funny story and then give me that name to it, it's like yes, let's just diagnose it as that because then I'm free of that. Like that's not my whole identity. That's not the whole story. Sure, sure. Can you so, maybe yeah. maybe you could read us a short passage from the book that that is a good example of that. Oh, sure. Uh, I could read you something from the chapter about which is called Lord and Murphy. It's hyphenated because it's about living in both streams. So, um, yeah, let me just pull that up. So here he's talking about in this, in this chapter, chapter three, Lord and Murphy in Lord have Murphy. And he's saying, Lord and Murphy together. In theory, it's certainly possible. Other people have been able to, great teachers and masters. At one time, they, have been, they may have been just like us, except for the Pleiadians. <laughs> there is at least a surface awareness right now, a shape in a chair, breathing, all there is. Go deeper. Hold on. Halt. Must pause for accuracy, which apparently to me means stop. Become centered enough to notice, for starters that sound inside my ears and the light around my arms and body. It's wonderful to sit still for a moment, relaxed and quiet, so subtler impressions impress. But this is not getting on the bus running. This is getting on the bus as it waits for you at the curb, by the monastery. <laughs> heart closed, heart open, heart closed like a rubber band that stretches wide, wider, and then springs back taut. People as things in my way, hard to take the unbecoming behavior, my own included, or underneath it all, just people, fragile, tough, buffeted, trying, and a particle of the divine in every one, except those guys on the news. <laughs> when in closed mode, I should be nicer, I should be kinder, I'd settle for neutral or detesting the behavior, not the person, like you love a toddler, despite the messes. Sounds good in theory, 
but how do you make yourself instantly feel a certain way? So I huff and puff to accept myself and others. Good luck pushing that boulder up the Himalayas. <laughs> All sorts of manipulationships going on there. And then, in the blink of an eye, the discovery. Focused attention yields to finer attention, opening into light-flecked space where there is no should. So vibrant that every breath is not mine, but life breathing me. An energy permeating whose very nature carries the fragrance of all loving. Murphy can't accept, but this energy can. A moment in it, and there's radical change, an altogether different creature here for the moment. A quality pouring through that compels attention. We are made for love, for a flowing through into the world. Meet Lord and Murphy, human being mm. beautiful beautiful I, I, he kind of throws the pleiadians and the guys on the news under the bus but <laughs> those poor guys i love that focused attention leads to finer attention yes that's the whole point of here's a chapter in the book called wake book and of course murphy's not doesn't ever use religious jargon or spiritual jargon so he, he writes it as if he's writing for like a 30 something techie here's a new app that you can try. It's called Wake Book. And you have to wake up to get past your own page. And then he tells you the way that one can get past one's own page and open into this other animating quality, the sacred energy that's coming into us at every moment. Because recognizing its touch takes us from self-awareness across the threshold into awakening. It's almost a possibly reliable hallmark of being in an awakened state, which I distinguish from being self-aware. Self-aware, I'm still thinking. Awake, that's a different, sometimes that's simply, there are almost no words, no thoughts, yeah. just a vibration. Of course, there's degrees of all of this, but Wake Book is all about making a shift from observing oneself, observing the body in a neutral way. He calls it observing mode. He calls it reality show me, you know, having a, ca a camera on you, streaming live video of yourself. Moving from observing mode, which brings attention uh, much more into inhabiting the body actively, more, much more into, you know, present moment awareness. How if one can stay with that and have a sustained attention for actually even my posture, my, my facial expression now, where my arms are, where my legs are you know, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, if I can continue with that observing mode, it can open into receiving mode. Now, this is a, a, a this finer attention appearing on its own. I can't make it happen, mm. but I can, it's almost like laying out in the sun, you know, the sun's behind a cloud, but if I just lay out <laughs> in a certain mm -hmm. way, and maybe that sun comes out from behind a cloud because it's not something that I can control, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. What if I had to control my own life force? I'd be dead. I'm too distracted to even, you know, what if I had to control my breathing and my heartbeat? But that very quality that's animating us can be perceived by us because we're human beings. We, it's palpable. You can, once you find it and recognize it, you can attune to it. And it's as near as our next breath. I mean, it's really, it's what we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, just in that passage that you read, it seems, I mean, my 
my um, take on that is that we struggle, we struggle, we struggle, and then all of a sudden, there it is. And I, I mean, we try to prepare, we try to meditate, and we pray, and we do all this stuff to be receptive, but, but it doesn't, we can't make it happen. Yes, I think that's what grace is, and you talk about that in your book, yeah, flow yeah. and grace. I think that's what grace is. That, that we're trying many things. And of course, we're doing mindfulness practices in corporations now. We're doing yoga. There's, there's right. studios on every street corner. This is, this is very different than 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I mean, my goodness, there's some great interest. There's a great hunger now for this shift into th- th- these moments when we feel connected, mind, body, feelings all together. And then what is this other thing that appears I need to have those three parts together in a moment. That's why observation helps me put mind and body and feelings together because when my mind simply is observing my posture, you know, facial expression or, or what, what the, the light in the room, even peripheral vision, when my mind is focused that way, it's, it's now focused on my body and sensory awareness and impressions. My feelings are interested in keeping that observation going. I've sort of got my three regular parts all together for a moment. It's that unity that somehow permits us to become more sensitive to what else is here, like you said before, what more is here, all that is here, especially what's animating me and, you know, everything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we can talk about how people reading your book or people listening to this podcast can begin to experience this awakening that Murphy is talking about. Um, What does he suggest for practices or or just a uh, way because you know we are in the west we want a quick fix we we all want the easy route but not that there is one really but what does murphy say is is are some suggestions for getting there yes because murphy is like all of us i mean the opening mm-hmm. quote of, of chapter one is uh, when will Buddha bring the ice cream? I'd like the instant enlightenment Sunday. Exactly. Please, with no nuts. And I and could I have it to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm on the road, honey. I'm busy. <laughs> right. Right. So that's that's good. I mean, that's that's still an interest in um, higher consciousness. It's still an interest in in real, actual transformation of my state because. I think we realize, and we certainly are seeing uh, so many websites that are trying to give us all the steps to to be happy and not have negative thoughts, and you know all these steps. And of course, Murphy says, "Don't take the steps; take the elevator." Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> he wants to be. He wants because in a moment that one is able to uh, tune in again to this animating quality, uh, it's as if the personal drops away. That's why he says an altogether different creature here for a moment, because everything one was thinking, feeling, and even what motivated uh, you to sit down and meditate, oh no, I feel so bad, I should sit down and meditate, and maybe I can meditate. It doesn't matter what the motivation was, because mm-hmm. that magic can happen, that grace can appear if I'm just to get those mind, body, and feelings, you know, focused together in the moment. That's what mindfulness, one-pointedness, all those wonderful practices in all of the spiritual disciplines are helping prepare us to do, to come into a very intense present moment awareness so that we can see what more is here. So I think the first thing that he suggests, and and, and I'm certainly not going to make it like a how-to because right. I think we're, this, these, all these steps are enslaving, 
but just that at any moment, at any moment that it occurs to me, wow, what, what's, what else, what more is here now? I could have this, uh, just this look upon myself. It's almost as if, you know how we're taking selfies all the time. It's almost as if that camera is up there and I'm taking a selfie of myself, only it's not a photo. It's more like a streaming video. This streaming live video of, of myself, this impression that I can, something is watching, that mm-hmm. immediately sort of cuts the cord of being identified that I'm only this little thought that's taken over. I'm only this little uh, feeling that's taken over. Wait a minute. Let me have a look. Let me come back into the whole of my body. Then if I can inhabit my body, if I can actually sense my toes, sense my seat, sense the top of my head. As everybody says, you know, following uh, breathing, that takes me into my body. So seeing myself from the outside, sensing my body on the inside is really what I practice all day long, in and out all day long, uh, because, you know, fall asleep, wake up a little, wake up enough to even come into the energy. That's sort of what it's like. but there's, but there's also a great attraction to this um, crossing over, the crossing the threshold and belonging for, for more than a second in this uh, balanced state of uh, finer energy that's in us. It really brings a, a different balance. Uh, so, but seeing oneself as if something from the outside is the cameras, you know, watching, mm-hmm. just being, I'm under observation. I feel like I'm being seen, like there's a camera on me is a very big help. And then, you know, sensing, and you can do sensing the body through breathing. That helps you sense the inside of the body. Uh, Or uh, many other things can occur, too. You can also do this with just one sense, for instance, listening. Maybe now I'm just going to try to, you know, listen. There's all the sounds in the room, and, you know, maybe I'm not hearing everything. What other sounds are there behind the one that is loudest. What else other sounds are there? Anything that pulls the attention, attracts the attention much more into what is in this moment. That would be the the practices. See, sense, listen, breathe. Sometimes I call it the SSLB. You know, get on the ship. See, sense, listen, breathe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So focused attention leads to finer attention. I love that. And I love that you brought up the selfie picture that we take so maybe the next time we're all taking these selfies we look a little bit deeper and really focus in to ourselves well you know i just did an article that got picked up by a lot of uh, websites called um, three ways to use the cell phone to call higher self you know oh uh, my gosh that's so brilliant it, yes well i'll tell you what's interesting about and, and selfies were what was going to be the next uh, installation of that series, but it's not a humorous thing because Murphy, it's, it's written, co-written by Murphy, Murphy and me. I'm getting him to co-write these things now. But the thing about it is that, you know, um, what, and this is how Murphy would say you could use everyday events to be uh, the reminders to, to wake up, to begin to observe, you know, see oneself here and sense one's body. And the, the fact that the cell phone rings or pings or vibrates at random times during the day to me it's like the temple bell you know Mm. that randomly rings in the zen temple to startle one into well if you're not awake now now is when you need to practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and if you are awake go deeper so when that 
uh, cell phone rings or pings or vibrates. I mean, I could vibrate higher too. When I, I could see my hand reaching for it, I could see my head, my chin go down so my head is looking at it. Uh, Anything like that could help remind me that I could be, I could wake up in this moment. A bell just rang. What was it for, you know? And so it's interesting. Um, almost anything in life can be, you can uh, begin to connect the two together. You know, uh, you can do a little task like uh, for a day, you know, where you have a post-it note by the sink where you wash your hands and you say, Every time I wash my hands, I'm going to be aware of the sensation of the water on my hands. And you just practice that every day, you know, for a couple of days while you're washing your hands. If the post-it note can remind you, that's fine. It's as good as any other affirmation. It actually brings me into the present. And so then, then you have that little bit in your, like, toolbox. So if I'm dead asleep some other time, a month later, and I start to wash my hands because I've washed those hands with attention... It can help wake me up in that moment of my life. Mm. This is nothing new. There's lots of people that write books about that sort of thing. <laughs> sure, sure. And there's yoga, tai chi, meditation. There's so many practices. I want to ask you this question, and maybe Murphy can help you answer it. Um, how do we know when we've woken up? This is a great question. This is a question when I was talking just talking to you about, you know, what's the reliable hallmark? And Murphy has writes down three Three real, three hallmarks of, uh, uh, of an awakened state, and um, he, he talks about it. I think it's in the I think it's in the Lord Have Mercy chapter. Uh, we actually do have to know if 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 and when we're awake. And I'm not quite sure whether um, this is something that uh, everybody will understand right away. It's it's a it's a real paradox that we you have to in a certain way. We're going after something, but we don't. We won't know what it is till we we experience it. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, hmm, I really don't know what this. I'm going. I want to be awake, uh, but I don't know what I'm actually going after until I actually have a a, a taste of it. And um, let me just say this about that: that it does feel it's a completely different level. It's like Murphy puts it. You know, you're either in the shower or you're not. You know. It, the the really it's 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 a it's a moment um, in which you abs it's, you know it as well as you know whether it's hot or cold outside oh this is a shift into another state this is another level of an unlimited dimension by the way it's not an end all it's just another shift and some of the things that um, I notice about that and you know this is just this personal entity this personal form has this view some of the things are that you know concerns worries even thoughts drop away because uh, there's such a tremendous um, attraction to this sort of increasing glow I mean this it's a literal glow uh, that's appearing. Uh, the light absolutely does change uh, for me, anyway, as part of it. And there's something so delicious that's 
flowing through the body, and this probably sounds crazy to people, that you just want to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like there's a goodness flowing through in that moment that all of a sudden you're tasting and you just don't have any, you know, people, you can listen to people speak and you can hear, even hear yourself speak, but the overriding interest is in a second by second attentiveness to this something inside, part of this light, part of this uh, vibration, the words, you know, we don't know, I don't know if the words are that can convey it, but uh, so there's a tremendous interest in just sustaining the connection with it. And if you notice that, oh, uh, wow, it's, start, it's waning or it's gone away, it's, sometimes if you're close enough to it, if you've just had a few seconds in it, you can go into it again somehow by opening, by being very open, very sense, total sensitivity, total receptivity, because it's here in us, you know, it's what we are. So that's about all I can say about that, except the wonderful thing is that if you're listening to another person, whereas in a, in a more contracted state, you'd say, oh, what are they talking about? Oh, please, you know, you're judging it. There's just other people's words do not prick. They are not, they don't uh, make you, you, you're not, there's no judgment. There's no judgmentalness in this energy. It's like the sun coming out. You know, the sun doesn't care if there's an ant on the rug. You know, the sun just radiates with life. It's, so there's a certain goodness in this energy that is, uh, I think it's really the source of actually of love and compassion and, and non-judgmental. There's no content in it at all there's aren't there's not words in it or anything like that so Mm -hmm. being in that stream of what we are uh and and trying to live in it more and more while we you know go about our daily lives i think that helps us embody the energy and bring it to the planet i think that's what's going to help the planet Mm. yeah the term rising above it comes to mind when you were talking but it's more than that it's because it as you say it's an embodiment of that divine love or that yes literally we're embodying it we're we're consciously aware of it in our bodies flowing through and one of the aspects of it is this unconditional feeling of loving you feel related to everything and everyone you don't have to fix yourself or anybody else you know it's, it's mm. a very freeing uh it, it really is is a freedom from from all the all the ways we get caught all the suffering that goes on unconsciously and uh, embodying it in the world. I mean, I can't think of anything better that one's life would be for than to be a sort of a conduit for it to come into the world. Uh, mm. So that makes my personal responsibility in this world a responsibility for my state of consciousness. If I can't be responsible for my own state of consciousness and understand, as you very well point out, when I'm awake and when I'm caught in ego or belief or reaction, uh, then it's, it, there's no way I can fix things in the world at, at, a, at a basic level, you know. Uh, of course we want to be kind and we want to help each other at, at any level. It's, of course we want to do that and, and alleviate suffering. But if I could alleviate Fran's suffering, you know, and, and in this way and, and, be, and not pass along my bad moods and mm-hmm. my bad, my bad <laughs> mm-hmm. to somebody else... Um, 
that that's sort of you know they said that uh, saints can be eaters of suffering you know the buck stops here there's a way to digest that by the shift into the goodness that we are this energy that we are uh anyway that's that's sort of what my life sort of has become about i don't know if i'm delusional or not murphy would probably have a few words to say about it (laughs) oh no i think you're we're trying to put words to this ineffable state that as you say once once we reach it we become um hmm how do i put words to this what would murphy say once we reach it we become well murphy would say the farther one travels the less one blows yes okay you know, all of a sudden you're here. You are a human being. You can be sincere. You know, uh, but you know, there's so many traps with that. Um, although Murphy uh, also talks about uh, ego, and and you know, because people say, "Oh, ego, bad, no good." I don't think there's anything that's bad about us. I don't think we ever achieve this state. I think it's an ongoing process and an unlimited dimension that that and I'm only at this only at the stage where um, I'm beginning to be aware because I have this observing happening, this mm-hmm. seeing, which is endlessly freeing, a neutral seeing receptive awareness trying to during the day, uh, you know, so that um, I'm able to shift out of uh, all the places that, you know, ordinarily we get caught because we're sort of hardwired to get caught in sure, a way. Sure, sure. Can I ask you a personal question? <laughs> I, you know, now that you've gone through this shift, I don't know anything about your relationship, but how has your relationships, oh, plural, your relationships with your family and friends shifted since you have worked with Murphy and written this book and come to this this uh, new level of consciousness? Well, I don't think I'm at this new level of consciousness all the time. That's what I mean by it's not you're enlightened and then, you know, right. you're good to go then. Right, right, okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an ongoing mobilizing of attention, activating of attention. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a roller coaster, frankly, <laughs> you know, up and down because you know, I'm still victim to, you know, low blood sugar and, you know, discouraging words and and reading horrific things in the newspaper i mean i'm i'm a i'm a person in the world so and and i can feel the planetary angst i think something's keeping me up at 4 a.m i don't know it's not me Mm -hmm. so um you know i'm just a person but i'm a person that's trying to realize this um potential that everybody has my birthright frankly you know that i can be uh uh you know a human that's being and so what it's done is a number of things. Um, it's instead of my trying to control everything, uh, which you know I still do to a certain extent, you know, being very controlling and being very fearful. Uh, sometimes I can uh, step back enough and uh, you know just listen, just listen to um, the loved one say what he or she wants to say, and just because you see, if if this energy appears even in the moment when I'm in front of someone who's speaking to me, even if it's a very charged, important conversation, life conversation, this energy is so um, attractive. It's so. Uh, seductive in a certain way that I want to pay attention to that and that helps me uh, actually listen to the other person and even see the light there behind their eyes you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying so I'm not just interrupting and 
Fran, Fran can finish almost anybody's sentence, you know, and that's what it's always in life, you know. But now I sit, let, listen, and I let them speak because I'm giving them, I really feel when I'm giving myself the most loving thing you can give yourself and another person is this attention. This presence. It's yeah. presence, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changes the dynamic of every relationship. And even if people don't, even if you're not saying anything and you're, you don't have to offer advice, even if they feel that people feel that they are heard and, and that there's uh, something, I don't know, I think the vibration is contagious. I think if I'm aligned internally in a certain way, uh, because this is what my experience was with my teacher uh, many, many years ago when I worked uh, with someone who was, was the first awake man I'd ever met, possibly the only awake man, but um, uh, that something about his align interior alignment helped me and his presence align with that. So you never knew why you felt so great and so loved after you were with this person mm. uh, because he could be reading the phone book and you'd feel wonderful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that transmission. It's it's some kind of a, it's a vibratory. And the good news is, I mean, when Murphy was, when you put to Murphy, well, how do we fix the world? And, and you know, what, how many people vibrating this way would it take to, to actually shift the planetary consciousness, saving the planet and, and bring, raising it up. And he says that consciousness is contagious and it may not even have to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well said, Murphy, well said. Well, I love that you say in your, your promotional materials that Lord Have Murphy is a guide that helps readers to recognize their own power. What a beautiful thing. So we all need to read Lord Have Murphy so we can get in touch with that power that's within us. Maybe you could, uh, maybe before we close and give all the information about your book and, and your workshops and everything, can you, is there any message from Murphy for, for everyone listening that um, really speaks to where we are right now? Well, we can live in a new way. It's so close. We're on the brink of discovering how mobilizing our attention can open us to this whole other level of being alive. Normal man, inner freedom. From that level, from this taste of what we are, this actual perceiving of what we are, this energy, that's this life force, whatever that is that's flowing through us, from it comes my best action in the world and my best action for others. So Murphy would just say, you know, uh, I hope you laugh a lot, that you can you see yourself in a way that, that uh, frees you so that you can laugh about, oh my God, I got so caught up in that, but you know, really, whoa, I'm so much more, there's so much more to the story. So I think he, what he wishes for you, Connie, for me, for everyone, is this, this awakening, a true awakening, and not to, to, not to stop until we really understand what that state is that we can move into that's our birthright. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, Murphy. <laughs> you say, uh, Lord have Murphy is not for the weak need. <laughs> but I love that, that he brings humor to this subject of awakening. And, um, you know, we can just laugh our way through it because that we all need to lighten up. So tell us where we can find Lord have Murphy and where we can find more information about you. Oh, sure. There's a new uh, website. It's called franshawbooks.com, franshawbooks.com. 
and it has uh, the Murphy Lord have Murphy waking up in the spiritual marketplace it also has my last two books all three are books about different qualities of attention different levels of attention uh, the book, and so that's at FranshawBooks.com. Uh, Lord Have Murphy is on um, Amazon. It's uh, hardcover. It's got these those forty wonderful drawings by uh, Bruce M. Sherman. You can see some of them, by the way, if you go to FranshawBooks.com. You can read excerpts. You can read pull quotes. You can just look at the drawings. Have some fun with it there. Uh, and there's also a Kindle version that's out now of Lord Have Murphy. Uh, on Amazon, and you can also get it for you know iBookstore. You can get it at Barnes and Noble for the Nook. You can get the uh, digital versions at all the outlets. But Amazon has both the hardcover and the Kindle. Awesome! Thank you so much, Fran Shaw. I am so enlightened just talking to you. I feel like there's been a transmission between us. So, <laughs> thank you for that. Oh, such a pleasure uh, speaking with you, Connie. You are so absolutely tuned into this so well that it was just so easy to have this conversation. It amazes me that we had this conversation, actually. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I get everything you're saying, and my goal is to wake up, and then I like one day I wake up and I say, maybe I'm awake now. And so that question about, am I awake? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. I ask yeah. myself all day long, am I awake? And, and, and I know if I'm on the phone with a customer service rep and I'm fuming, that's not awake. Right, right. <laughs> but There's... I can wake up and still be on the phone like that. Yes, good. That's, that's a great way to leave it. So let's all try to stay awake. Stay awake. <laughs> all right, thank you so much, Fran. My pleasure, Connie. Be well. Back to happy. A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy, in paperback, Kindle and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.